What's up? If you are listening, this is day two, second episode, yada, 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 of my podcast series so far. So far, I have a whopping three views. Probably listened to it for 10 seconds and clicked off of it. That's what I would do if it were me, because I don't know how to do this. Um, uh, today, I want to go into some background information about who am I and what am I doing. Well, I'm Noah. I am 16 year, years old. I live in Colorado. I was adopted from Russia at two years old. I was put into a family um, who had two other kids, uh, my brother and sister. Um, and uh, things were really rough with us. Um, by rough, I mean there were a lot of incidents, and by a lot of incidents, I mean I'm no longer with them. Um, I was relinquished, which means I was put up for adoption again. So I was an orphan in Colorado for about a year until I was adopted by the foster family that I was staying at. Now, between then, when I got relinquished, between when I was with Kathy, there was with Oh, <laughs> Kathy and Paul were the parents. Um, between where, when I was with them, uh, there was a, a time, 2016 to now. Uh, a lot of incidents have happened now between then, and a lot of incidents happened between when I was adopted and brought to America in 2006 to 2016, 10 years. Um, so uh, what my main goal is to go over and this to make people aware of what people usually go through uh people assume stuff and it's not fair for people to assume what people have gone through um so i think today we're going to talk about one incident that changed my life forever now i know a lot of people are like oh a traumatic uh traumatic thing happened to me track but this actually is traumatic and it's hard to talk about but you know I think people should talk about what they feel and to get it off their mind. All right, let's go back in time. Let's go 2016. Here we are. I'm at the house that I was living in, 2016. Now, I just got into a new school, and I just got my ride situation figured out. I was going to be taken there by this, I don't know, like a private person would take me there and i'd ride the bus home now this was the first time that i would have rode with her it was the first and last time okay um the the the, i she 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 was not american um uh and she did not know how to drive on the american sides of the road um, it was, it was scary. I got, I got into the car and we, 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 we went out of our driveway. We took a left and then took a right. And then we were on the, we were in our neighborhood still, still on the right side of the lane. But then when we were turning left to go onto a semi, a, a bigger street. We, and there was a median in the middle. And so there's the way going, uh, uh, there, the, there's the two-way thing with the median, you know, and uh, she went left, 
and she went on to the side that we weren't supposed to. So we were we were facing oncoming traffic, and she had no clue what she was doing. And I I was my heart was pounding. I was so scared. I was I like I thought I was gonna die that day because it was so scared. And then we had everybody looking at me, and I was like shaking. And sh I was so scared about what was gonna happen. And I'm a so then we turn left, and then, like, she, like, goes on the right, but then she, like, starts to turn right, uh, as we're trying to go onto a highway, but the opposite way. Luckily, her GPS didn't tell her to do that, and, like, I, we almost got in, like, m multiple accidents, and so my day just kind of started off rough as soon as I woke up. Um, and then when I got to school, um, I was eating a food in class, right? I was doing my first hour thing, and then I went to my second hour, which is language arts, right? And now language arts, at the beginning of the class here, you had to choice read, right? Which means I picked a book about what I wanted to read. Now, there is this book series that I read a couple of months before, and they just released a book, but I couldn't get the book because I didn't have money to buy the book, but they had the book. And so I wanted to trade out the book I was currently reading. I didn't enjoy that book. I just picked it and read that book. But the teacher said no. And so then I got all defensive, being like, so it's choice reading, but I can't read the book that you want me to read. And so I decided that I wasn't going to read then. If I'm not going to, if she's not going to let me read the book that I want to read for choice reading, then I'm not going to read it all. So we sat there. And she kept on telling me to read, and I said no. She kept on telling me to read, and I said no. You said, you need to go to the principal's office, and I said, what for? For wanting to read a book, not reading a book, because I wanted to read another book? It was it was really confusing, right? And so I went to the principal's office, and I was like, I really, I've already had a really stressful day. The person doesn't know how to drive. I can't do this right now. It's choice reading. I'm supposed to read the book. That I pick, and she's picking the book for me. That's not how choice reading works. So I got super defensive, and she's like, okay, okay, we'll figure this out and stuff, yada, yada, yada. But at that school, it's a it's a school for people like me who have disabilities, like mental health disabilities, and need extra support. And so what they did is they write down um, how that period went. And I didn't know what she wrote down until I was coming home. Um, because my parents requested that I bring him a copy of what I did. So I was doing well. I went to my other classes. Everything was doing well. And then, again, we had an incident with her. I looked at, I was getting the copy, and I looked down, and she said I was being physically and verbally aggressive to her, but I can swear on my life that I did not do anything physically or verbally aggressive to her. Now, I might have raised my voice, but that's because she was being unfair and unjust. So, if that's verbally aggressive, then I did do that, but if that's not, then I don't know what she was talking about, but I did not be any, I didn't be any physical aggressive, like I stood up and walked, all right, like, and she said that I was physically and verbally aggressive, and now, my mom hated me, she, like, despised, I was the scapegoat in every incident, you'll learn about more of those later 
in more podcasts if we do them. But she wanted she she made my life miserable. And so I looked at that and I was like, oh well, I'm already gonna get in super much trouble for what she said because she doesn't believe me about anything I say. So I was like, well, if she's already gonna assume that I was doing that, then I might as well just, you know, mess up more of my time. So on my bus ride home, it was me and another kid who's in my class who's really uh, uh, hyper and, uh, not hyper, but like, you know, likes to break the rules and stuff. And we're on a bus and we're just goofing off on the bus, right? We're hopping seats, we're, we're doing stuff that you shouldn't do on a bus normally, okay? And I didn't know this at the time, but they called my parents, but I was not at the house at the time. So... I come home, and it took me, like, 45 minutes to come home, and so I was in the bus waiting for them to drop me off, and, like, I see a red Suburban be, like, trying to look for me, and I get out of the bus, and, like, she's like, what took you so long? I was like, um, the bus, like, had to drop other people off at their houses, and so, you know, instead of offering me a ride to go back home, right, Instead of doing that, um, she uh, uh, just drove home and said, well, come home. And so I had to walk home, right? Uh, so I come home, and I knew she's already in a bad mood. And so I was like, oh, well, this isn't going to be fun. Um, so uh, I'm casually, I, I, I go in, I take off my shoes, and I put my backpack down. And she says, let me see the paper. And so I say, I give her the paper, I walk upstairs, right, into my bedroom, and I sit on my bed just waiting for her to call me down. And it took her, like, 30 seconds. She says, Noah, come here, in, like, a more aggressive tone of voice than I'm using right now. Um, so I come down, and she says, do you want to explain this? And I said, that's not true. I did not do anything. She said, And then she said, are you calling them a liar? And I said, yeah, I am. Because I did not do any of that situations. I was not physically or verbally aggressive. And then she kept on calling me a liar. And then she said, and then she started accusing me stuff about stuff like, oh, you only do stuff what you want. And then as soon as you get what you want, you act up again. And I just got so mad about that, that this one person like made my life fall apart. Okay. Um, I was, I was sitting, uh, we, we started getting really upset and stuff. And then I said, she said, well, this isn't even like, this is not even like, you don't do anything. She started accusing me that you don't do anything for the house. You're just a waste of time, a waste of space. And then I, I got super upset and I said, well, you don't pay anything to go to this house. You quit your job two years ago and still don't do anything. You sit and watch TV all day and eat food. So what do you do? Nothing. So technically, this house is Paul's, not yours. Okay? So that room, it's Paul's, not yours. His name is on the house, not yours. And I got super like, you know, oh, here are the facts about what's happening, yada, yada, yada. Now, and then that pissed her off, and then we started, let me see, let me see that paper. I said, no, because, you know, I was like, that's my paper, it has my name on it, I got it, I printed it, it's my paper. And so then, she, he, she tries and snatches it from me, and so I, like, 
maneuver so that she doesn't snatch it from me. And so I rip it up into fourths, and now she's like, so now you're damaging my property. And so I just go full-on berserk after that. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Damage your property? That's a whole bunch of BS. Right. And so then she calls Paul because she wants a witness. She calls Paul, and he's like, Noah's acting out. Uh, he had a, He physically was physically aggressive at school, really aggressive, and he's ripping things and being disrespectful and yelling. And so she moves over to sit on the call, on the car while um, uh, Kathy's on the phone with Paul. Paul said, okay, do you want me to call the cops? Paul, uh, Kathy said, yeah, you should probably call the cops. All right. And so he calls the cops and lets them know, oh, son's acting out, yada, yada, yada type of that, right? And so I follow her over and said, that's BS. You're not even here. You're just taking her word for this. That's not even fair. And as soon as I do that, the dog follows me over and she says, so why are you following the dog? You know, you're not supposed to be from that dog. And so then I'm like, what? The dog followed me. I'm not, I can't control the dog. I can't control the, where the dog goes, sits. That's not fair. And so then I'm like, so you're just out to get me. You effing hate me. You don't love me, and I I said, you wouldn't care if I died, right? And she said, no, I wouldn't. And so then that flips a switch in my brain saying, well, if she wouldn't care, then nobody cares. And so then I'm done. And so I go into our pantry where they have the knives, right? And so I go in, and I reach for a butcher knife, right? And uh, she comes in running behind me, not running, but, you know, walking, and... I have the knife, uh, I'm holding the handle of the knife, and I'm pointing it at my chest. And I'm saying, you wouldn't care if I killed myself. And she said no. And so I'm about to stab myself, and then she bear hugs me and takes the knife away, right? And then the cops come in, and, like, I sit down on the ground, and then they say, uh, stand up, put your hands behind your back, yada, yada. At the time, I didn't know they had to arrest you. Not arrest, detain you if you're having suicidal ideations or actions or self-harm actions at the time. And if I look back at it, I should have probably cooperated. But I was super scared because I thought this is exactly what Kathy was like. I thought I was about to go to jail for something that I didn't know what was happening. I thought somehow they convinced the cops that I needed to go to jail. And I was just sitting and like I was sitting on the wall and said, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. And then the cop like picks me up. And body slams me on my left knee and handcuffs me. And so I'm, and then she, he makes me sit in a chair. And so I'm crying because that effing hurt. Like, I, I can tell you that hurt. Like, I now have knee problems in my knees for a long, long time. Right? And so now the procedure is I need to go to an M1 hold. All right? And anytime you need an M1 hold, and since I was in, in the county of Broomfield, they called the Broomfield Health and Human Services. And so then that got me enlisted in Child Protective Services. And so now we're down this loop. So I'm going to a hospital in Thornton. And I'm there for about, I don't know, a day-ish maybe. And I'm there. And I'm cooperative. I'm doing everything they want. And, you know, uh... I, I finally said I'm done. I like I there was a, a time before this we will cover it or later uh, where I said 
where I reported her abusing us, because she did. She hit us, she's done really bad stuff to us, and I reported that, and so, you know, they investigated, they said nothing's happening, he's just being overdramatic, but no. And so then I got in even more trouble, um, and there's so much dumb stuff that she accused me of doing. Um, but so I'm at the hospital waiting, and they can't have me at that hospital anymore because I've ta I'm taking up a bed that they don't have to give. So they transport me to another hospital uh, further away in Thornton, right? I'm there. I'm there for three or four days, right? But they keep on trying to call Kathy and Paul, right, saying that you need to take him up. He's doing fine. You need to take him up. He's doing fine. But they refuse, refuse, and refuse and say he's dangerous. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. We can't have him. He's dangerous to me. He's dangerous to himself. We can't have him. And then they don't see anything that's, like, happening, right? And they're like, well, he's not being dangerous, and we don't have any reason to keep him here. And so then they do the most logical thing. They put me at Shiloh House, which, for people that don't know, and most of you wouldn't know, uh, is a, a place where you're locked, you live there, you're, you you do everything there, you're locked down in there, and um, you're there, but you're, you're, you're there, and it's, um, sign, it's like a, a, a treatment center, where you get all the help you need in a safe environment, where you have to do everything that they do. You go to a really bad school, and you do everything there. And you, you'll you go to school, and you'll sleep there. And it's a lockdown facility. It's basically like a better version of jail. Um, and so I'm like, what the heck? You just bring me here? What? Why can't I go home? And they're like, well, we don't want you home. And so I'm like, okay, so you're just going to drop me off here? Got it. And so I'm there for eight months. And it's miserable there. There are two units. There's a boy and a girl's unit. I was put on the girl's unit at first because they didn't have rooms in the boy unit, right? And if you're on the girl's unit as a boy, you can't talk to the girls. Now, we had incidents there that we'll go over later. And... But I eventually go down to the boys' unit. Everything's doing well. I'm doing great, right? But then we start family therapy. And then they accuse me of stuff that I did, didn't do. There's, there's, we were talking in family therapy once. Uh, when I was younger and living in a different house, uh, uh, Kathy went out to go chiropractor, and I went upstairs, and I was really fascinated on how matches work. I still really am. I'm so confused on how they work, but I'm fascinated on how matches work, and so I go get a box of matches where I know they are, and I go to my room, and I, like, start playing with them, and, like, you know, I, I, they, most of them f burnt out, right? And I dropped them, and, I, and then I was like, so how high do I drop them, and if the air resistance is going to make them, you know, get burnt out, right? And so I'm I'm sitting there playing with matches, and one doesn't burn out, and so it starts to burn a little divot in my carpet, and I'm like, oh crap. And so I put it out, and the fire alarm goes off, and like, you know, like, I run upstairs, make sure Luca and Anya are okay, right? Because, you know, they're my siblings. Like, I want to make sure they're okay. Um, and so then I go down. I go and put the matches away, right? And 
there's a burn mark. And so, like, I'm trying to be smart with it and hide it up, like, as natural as possible. Um, but apparently I'm not smart that smart. <laughs> so I'm sitting there just trying to figure out how to fig fix this. Um, and so, you know, a couple of weeks go by, they don't notice it. And then Kathy, that's, that's not the story. Anyways, uh, Kathy, uh, said that I was, uh, I burnt, burnt something. And she asked, how would you feel if you burned, if you killed Luca and Anya? And what her, she said, and I have the transcript. She said, uh, I, she said that I said, well, I guess I would feel bad. Um, I would have taken two productive members of society away. And, like, oh, what? I'm sorry. I've never said those other than now to any therapist. And I've, I've never said that in general as, like, a statement. Because that's awful. Like, who would do that? Who would just be like, I feel bad, I guess. I mean, like took two people from society that didn't need to no that's dumb they were my sisters sure we fought but everybody does like i love them um and so that just really frustrated me and you know things were doing well ish we like avoided a blowout there we had thanksgiving kind of together like we at and sat and had a meal um and then Christmas time came up. And before Christmas, me, Paul, and Anya, my sister, were going to go and watch Star Wars The Force Awakens. Because this new Star Wars, awesome, I need to watch it. But, like, three weeks before that, or a week, I don't, I don't even know, it was all so quick. I get super sad, and super upset, and super sad. And I go up into the kitchen... And they're cooking dinner for us. And I do the same thing I did at home. I take a butcher knife. And I start pressing it on me. And then I say, this isn't even sharp. It wouldn't pierce my skin if I tried. So, they put me on an M1 hold. And between that, like, there are a whole bunch of minor incidents that we can go over. But I've been on many M1 holds at that Shiloh place for self-harm. Because anytime you self-harm uh you're on a m1 hold no matter what that's what they do there it's the procedure so i'm at a hospital i'm waiting and waiting and waiting and so then they take me to highlands hospital down in highlands ranch colorado now usually you're there for a week maybe i was there for 31 days uh it was honestly not bad. The food there ugh, wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. They had Powerade, so I was all for that Powerade, that blue Powerade. But, you know, I got visited twice. I was there on Christmas and New Year's. I got visited on Christmas Eve. That was one of the last times I saw my family. Um... I got there, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. They got there, got me, like, I don't know, pajamas and something. Said, Happy Christmas, yada, yada, yada. Uh, 
Um, like at that time, like they need to find what they're gonna do with me. They said I could go back to Shiloh House, and I talked to Shiloh House. They said I could come back if I made a treatment plan with my therapist. Well, I was talking to my therapist, and I said, okay, can you give me the outline for our, like, not treatment plan, but a safety plan, you feel? And so that says, what am I going to do to be safe? And uh, I, I still hate trying to do a safety plan by myself, and she would not help me. And so that frustrated me because I asked for help and I got denied help. So I didn't go for a meeting. I didn't rejoin. I walked out and said, well, then I don't want to put in all the work if you're not going to help too. So I left. I rejoined group and I find out that my therapist later quits and I'm introduced with a different therapist and the director of that Shiloh, and we talk, and we talk and stuff, and, well, let me tell you, uh, what's the word? It doesn't go well, um, and I am not allowed back at Shiloh. They say they don't want me, and so now I'm at Highlands saying what to do, what are they doing? Shiloh won't take me. My parents told them way before that they're not, like, gonna ever, like, they're not remotely thinking about coming to him again. Like, that's not on their mind right now. So they need to find me a different place to send me. Now, that's when Devereaux happens. I get sent to Devereaux Cleo Wallace. Deborah Cleo Wallace is the best and worst things that has happened to me. So, basically, that whole year was caused because somebody didn't know how to drive. Now, that's being a little selfish and dumb. I should, I've done, I did and said things that would, did, didn't help my situation. Okay. I messed my life up more. Okay. And I admit that. I effed up big time. Okay, I get that. But if things, if Kathy were to actually trust and listen and believe me, I would be in a way different situation than I am right now. But that's not what happened. And so now you get to listen to me.